0: Hello, wonderful people. Welcome back to the What If Project podcast. My name is Glenn. I am your host, and this is season five and episode number 225. Uh, Welcome to the show. Today, we're talking to Carolyn Custis James. Carolyn was on the show uh, way back before the world went to hell (laughs) in the pandemic. uh, We did a series called Women's Voices You Need to Hear, And she came on to talk to us about the book of Ruth in the Bible and the book that she wrote about, the book of Ruth. And today she's coming on the show to talk to us about Maelstrom, her book called Maelstrom, M-A-L-E-S-T-R-O-M, Maelstrom. And the subtitle is How Jesus Dismantles Patriarchy and Redefines Manhood. There are two editions of this book. First edition came out in 2015. It has a white cover, a different subtitle. I don't have that one in front of me. I forget what the subtitle is. But a different subtitle, uh, also a different forward, a couple other minor differences in the book. The main text is the same, but the new edition the, has a blue cover. It came out this year, 2022, a uh, new forward, new subtitle, a couple other things in the book that are new, uh, but such a good book. She talks about towards the end of the episode why she re-released the book, kind of the story around that. But this book, there's not a lot of good stuff out there about manhood, I mean, let's face it. Uh, I talk in the episode about how, for me, the only real voice in my life concerning manhood in the church was John Eldridge and Wild at Heart, and although there's a lot of stuff from him, this is another podcast for another day, (laughs) that really did help me at a certain time in my life, I realize how uh, unhelpful and maybe even borderline toxic uh, some of the stuff is regarding you know, men have to be this outdoorsy type person, tough, strong, you know, like a manly man. Think of like the, the bounty guy. Was it the bounty guy on the uh the paper towel guy <laughs> with the with the flannel shirt? Like that's the kind of man that I grew up thinking I needed to be, you know, because that's what men do and they lead and they're loud and they're the heads of the household and they're the head of the church and they're all these different things. And even sitting in seminary, like thinking about being a A pastor one day, like there was this idea that as a man, you had to be vocal, you had to be loud, you had to be upfront, you had to, you know, be fearless and courageous and all these things. I remember just feeling like, I don't feel like that's me. And you can try to cast out whatever demon you want out of me. Like, I don't think I'm wired to be this way. Like, is there something wrong with me? And I'm so glad that I read Carolyn's book because I forgot about that aspect of my faith. Like, I've rethought things like hell. The Bible, you know, the cross, Jesus, all these different things. I haven't really rethought manhood. I've even rethought, like, you know, the role of women in the world and the church, LGBTQ inclusion, all that stuff. I never really rethought manhood. But this book has awakened a lot of stuff in me that I'm like, oh, yeah, that is a really toxic idea (laughs) that I have of manhood uh, that I've been handed. And so Carolyn's book is a must-read. You've got to get this book. Hit pause. Go to Amazon. Buy it. Uh, You will not be sorry. Uh, whether you're a man or not a man, whatever this book will help you either be a better man or help you encourage and challenge the men in your life to be better men. Uh, really, really, really good book. Um, I want to say more, but I'm not. I'm gonna let Carolyn tell us about the book. Uh, put in the show notes my book also in the show notes. Patreon, buy me a coffee. Two places to go to support the show. Uh, that's in the show notes. Uh, Young Citizen, special music, he's a hip-hop artist in Charlotte, North Carolina. His stuff is in the show notes, and uh, all that to say, I've said show notes, that sounds like a funny phrase now, show notes, show notes, I've said it a bunch of times, all of it's in there, but all that to say, my friends, this is episode number 225 of Carolyn Custis James, Enjoy.
1: The patience paid off, now it's go
0: time.
1: No worries all around me, I'ma give mine. born in the Queen City, got the 4 9. Go to Green Trip, told me where to co sign. So people die me, that's close to me, that's their regret. When I make it, I'ma take it, all I do is rest. Remain grounded self care, that's when I'm at my best. A little crazy, that's when I'm at a test, filling tune. Yeah, we riding, You'll be
0: rolling. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Today, we're sitting down with Carolyn Custis-James, who was on the podcast over 100 episodes ago, uh, a long time ago. And last time, she spoke to us about the book of Ruth uh, in the Old Testament. And today, we're going to further that conversation a little bit uh, by wading into the waters of her book, Maelstrom, uh, which is subtitled How Jesus Dismantles Patriarchy and Redefines manhood so carolyn welcome back to the show it's always good to connect with you
2: thank you it's good to connect with you too i thought you were gonna say i was on your podcast a hundred years ago <laughs>
0: <laughs> it might feel that way but it wasn't that long enough. 100 episodes is a long time though we've we covered yeah, a lot of ground.
2: congratulations that's amazing
0: thank you so uh let's jump right into this book and maybe let's even talk about about the cover because there's a book floating around out there with a white cover that I have here, and that yes. was published, I believe, in 2015. Yes. And then we have the book with the blue cover that was published in 2022. Uh, so maybe if you could uh, begin by talking to us about the story uh, behind this book. What's it about? What's the meaning of the title? Uh, who is it for? All that stuff. And then really important, why revisit the work? Why revisit the book seven years later after it was published? Because the cover, I know, is not the only thing that was tweaked, <laughs>
2: That's right. That's right. Well, I mean, this was um, just the next in a sequence of books that I had been writing. And the earlier books led me to this one, because, you know, most of the books that I've written have really focused on what is the Bible's message for Mm -hmm. women and girls. Mm -hmm. And I dig into the narratives of these... um, you know, incredible women, a lot whose stories have been marginalized or diminished, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, or just ignored. And in the process I was, I was encountering these men in their stories that often get overlooked, but there was something so different about them. Mm-hmm. And, um, the transformation that was taking place in their lives because of how God was working, how the interaction with the women in their Mm -hmm. stories or one particular woman was impacting them. And, um, and that these were men who are typically pushed aside or ignored, um, and especially in discussions about masculinity. Yeah. But I was seeing a completely different version of masculinity that just I wanted to tell their stories. And, mm. um, you know, my second book was Lost Women of the Bible. And I <laughs> this one sort of sounded to me like it was going to be Lost Men of the Bible. Right. I just I wanted to put their stories out there. Um, I thought they were important. At the same time, there was such so much going on in the culture and on always the debate about masculinity. Mm-hmm. And I was deeply troubled by what experts were saying about ISIS at the time, mm-hmm. because that at the time that was the biggest
1: yeah, the big threat. Story. Yeah. yeah.
2: And what was happening was that there were young Uh, American men, Mm -hmm. and uh, European men who are being drawn to ISIS. Mm. And what the experts were saying in that quote is actually in Maelstrom, you know, John Esposito is a professor of religion and international affairs at Georgetown University. Mm -hmm. And he said that um, the men are being drawn to ISIS in search of a new identity, for a sense of meaning, purpose, and belonging, mm. and that just hit me hard. I just thought, what? Where are we in that conversation? Yeah. You know, why aren't we offering young men a sense of, you know, m- meaning and purpose, and a and a real sense of belonging? Sure. Instead, what we're doing is. And I talk to men about this, you know, mm-hmm. they say, oh, we just hate Father's Day <laughs> because we get <laughs> lectured and beat up about, you know, get off the couch and start taking charge. And, and you know, there's just all this man up stuff. And, yeah. you know, it's muscular and it's um, and, you know, I I know, know men who aren't wired that way at all. Mm -hmm. um and are wonderful christian men Mm. you know that i would never look at them and say well you're not masculine or manly enough it's sort of like they're you know flourishing as men and as human beings so i knew that and Mm -hmm. i but i also just thought there's something really wrong here and um when you look at masculinity and what the church preaches about uh-huh. men need to take charge that men are responsible to provide and to uh, protect mm. and that they, you know, that, they're, that this is something that must be achieved yeah. and maintained yeah. and it's fragile. You know, if you if you get covid
0: <laughs> you know but
2: worse than that you know yeah. it's worse than that i mean i i'm always reading the following the tweets of some of these men who are battling als yeah and you know they can't even feed themselves and there's they are courageous mm. and they are reaching out to other people they just it's changing the kind of person they are the yeah. things that they care about yeah. I mean it's just it takes your breath away to you know read what what their stories are like yeah. and that doesn't make sense with all of this you know one of my best friends was a man who uh was in a trampoline accident when he was a teenager and he's, he was paralyzed his whole life. Mm. You know, how's he going to protect anybody?
0: Sure. You know,
2: so you can, you can lose your, you have to earn your manhood and you can lose it by you know a job loss a diagnosis
0: freak accident yeah yeah
2: yeah Uh, a divorce um you know all the kinds of things that men are going through now with all the turmoil of the the pandemic and you know or if if they get divorced all the kinds of things even old age yeah Yeah. (laughs) you know takes a man's right to call himself a man That's away. Right. Right. And I just knew that couldn't be true. And I felt like, you know, what I've been learning about women has been so empowering mm. in, in good ways, yeah. you know, not in, you know, we're going to take our share of the
0: why, you know,
1: <laughs>
2: but in terms of, you know, living out there, the Mm. calling using the gifts that they have paying attention to what's going on around them and how they can make a difference and you know I see men doing that too but that's not acknowledged in the church so it sent me on a quest to write these you know about these men and they're the ones who led me to look at patriarchy again Mm. and I wasn't planning to do that. I just, I just wanted to put their stories on the table because they were examples of transformed men. And so that's how it got started. And that's how (laughs) the white book came out in 2015. Um, The men led me to look again at patriarchy. Yeah, because that's embraced, um, you know, as Christians, um, any, well, anybody reading the Bible, there's sure. patriarchy is on almost every, every page.
0: page at least. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, um, and we've concluded from that, that some modified version of patriarchy is God's plan. Mm when it doesn't show up until after humanity rebels and <laughs> you know, it's not announced as a new and improved way of being human.
1: Yeah.
2: It's, you know, announcing a total collapse of what God planned and created in the first place.
0: So. I think an important thing you say <laughs> in the book too, and you've said this in other, other places is that patriarchy isn't what the Bible is prescribing. It's like the backdrop against which the stories of the bible take place and that's a very big distinction to make because if you read it the wrong way you can very easily conclude well this is what the bible is saying the way the world should be run when in reality it's this is the way the world was run and the stories are taking place against that backdrop that's that's a very different way to look at it
2: yeah and it's and it's um when you start to look really closely at Mm -hmm. the bible you see that the Bible itself is dismantling it. That's right. So that's what, and the word maelstrom is a play on words mm-hmm. of those um, maelstroms, those swirling whirlpools in the open seas mm-hmm. that, you know, are legendary in stories for, you know, pulling an, a, a sea vessel or a fishing yep. vessel down into its depths and mm-hmm. so they're deadly and so I changed the first four letters, rearranged them into maelstrom mm-hmm. um, and use the maelstrom as a metaphor for patriarchy that it yeah. it pulls men down. it's yep. it's a destructive force yep. in in culture
0: yeah
2: and everybody's impacted by
0: that. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was reading the book and I was thinking to myself, like I've, I've deconstructed for lack of a better word, a lot of different things. Like I've, I've thought a lot about like the topic of hell and even like the, you know, women's roles and things like that. But I never really thought a lot about manhood. Like, and that's, I thought that I was like, that's odd because I'm a man. And so like, it's so odd that I wouldn't yeah. think about this particular piece of my theology, but I was thinking back over my life and the only, the, the the biggest, I guess you could say influencer on my idea of manhood was like John Eldridge and all of his work, <laughs> right? Like Wild at Heart, uh, The Sacred Romance, like I have all of his books. I even went on a Wild at Heart retreat in 2007, I think it was. And there's a lot of his work that helped me in a positive way. Like I think of his work with inner child work, like kind of accessing that younger version of yourself and kind of bringing healing to that person. But the thing that always rubbed me the wrong way about that world was that idea of you have to be like this outdoorsy, muscular, strong, outgoing leader. Like you have to be like the head of the church, the head of the family, the head of the household, all these different things. And like you said before, I always felt like that's just not me. Like I feel like I'm just not that outgoing, take charge, be in command kind of person that I feel like these books and this writing and a lot of the teachings that were around that, which were found their way into a lot of my theology classes and things like that in my leadership classes in school, pushing me to be this person. I just feel like I'm not. And I was like, I always thought there's got to be another way to be a man than that. So I just kind of tucked all of that away. But when I read your book, it brought it all back to me. And I was like, this, this is the other way to be. And this is just so freeing to me to realize that this isn't prescribed by the Bible or God that I have to be this specific way. I yeah. could just be me.
2: And and the idea that it, that is rampant in every culture. Yeah, is that you have to earn your manhood. That's right. And in some cultures, and I've written about them in my book, you know, because I did research. I mean, one of the one of the my Complaints about uh, American theology is that it's very insular, yeah. and we don't look at other cultures, mm-hmm. and we don't look at um, is our is the message we are proclaiming going to hold up in other cultures? Like right now, that message wouldn't hold up in Ukraine.
0: Mm.
2: You know, if you're a woman in Ukraine,
0: yeah.
2: you know you you're gonna get in there and do whatever you can right. and you may not know what that's yeah. going to be you know some of them were making bombs and some of them were rescuing family members and getting them out of the country and some yeah. of them are in the battle you yeah. know they it, it's their country that's at stake and everybody's going to do whatever right. and um and what i what i concluded and i you see it in in biblical stories is that you know men are under this pressure to rise to the top i mean i talk about the the patriarchal pyramid structure Mm -hmm. that there are all kinds of little pyramids. And then there are bigger pyramids and there's not a lot of room at the top. So there are even a lot of men at the bottom. And um, you know, the, the top is not a secure place. (laughs) Yeah. As, as we know all too well, you know, you can think you're at the top and all of a sudden you're not anymore. Somebody else is there so you know it's it's a it's a vision of manhood that has to be earned and then it has to be maintained and it's impossible to maintain
0: yeah, yeah. Right. so
2: it's not in the and the masculinity the manhood that is entrusted to God's sons is a birthright mm. and you can't lose it mm. you know and that was you know you know, you can ignore it, you can, you can abuse it, you can defile it by how (laughs) you live your life. But, you know, it's a fact about you that you are created in God's image.
0: It's who you are. Yeah. mm, Yeah.
2: And that comes with real responsibility and real significance and, um, Real belonging and mm. meaning and purpose. It it brings all of that in to place, and um, you know, I I think it makes it impossible to live an insignificant life. Mm. And and you never know, you never know how God may be using you. That's the beauty of the Book of Ruth that I just love. That Ruth, Naomi, and Boaz. For advancing god's purposes for the world and yeah. they just thought they were taking care of a family crisis <laughs> you know and so yeah. you don't even know how god right. will use you or has used you and there are a lot of people who've impacted our stories mm-hmm. that we've never told okay right. you know so right. it's
0: Subversive, yeah. <laughs> How it happens, yeah. Definitely. It is. Yeah, I mean, hundred percent.
2: You don't know who you're reaching through your podcast. You don't know what conversations happen between somebody who listened to you and yep. somebody who didn't. That's right. So it's yeah, it's yeah. bigger than we imagine.
0: That's right. I love that idea of you know that you you're the manhood can't be taken from you, and I think that was that's something that that. I think was wired into me growing up was that you have to earn your manhood by doing certain things, by behaving a certain way, by achieving certain results, you know, and then you kind of become a man you're like initiated into adulthood and and manhood. But you bring out this idea especially in the beginning of the book that um it's it's wired into who you are. And so I was wondering if we could spend a little bit of time in the opening chapters of Genesis and kind of drill into that a little bit because I feel like these chapters of scripture carry a lot of baggage <laughs> for a lot of people, uh, particular people who like myself were brought up in a very conservative setting where, you know, men and women have these different roles and men are leading and in control and women are kind of supporting and, and cheering on and more, you know, limited in their authority. Like in church, the men are preaching and the women are in fellowship hall, helping with the potluck <laughs> potl- like dinner. Like that, that was my world growing yeah. up. And, and as a result yeah. of coming up in that world, like, I, I think I just, came to read the opening chapters of Genesis through a very specific lens of my experience and was given some unhelpful uh, takeaways. So chapter one of your book is all about chap- of Genesis one through three. So I don't want you to give away all of the, the bits of wisdom, but I was wondering if you could sort of maybe take us through those three chapters and um, your chapter of the book, because it does a fantastic job, I think, of reframing that story in a way that really helps men understand that they are created in God's image. And that's something that can't be taken from, not something to have to earn. It's something about who we are.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's way more than you're, you're not a plant or an animal, (laughs) you know, which is usually what we do. You know, we say, I'm, you know, human beings are made in the image of God. And that means that we're higher life Mm forms. It's way more than that. And, you know, I, I was raised, uh similarly to mm-hmm. in the con- kind of context there was a lot of bible teaching uh for which i'm grateful but you know the the creation narrative mm-hmm. has become for me the overarching vision of that god has for humanity, for mm. his world, mm. and not just, you know, God is setting up the chairs for, this, <laughs> for the real action that's <laughs> going to follow. Yeah. And, you know, the image bearer has never, I've never heard anybody really unpack it. And mm-hmm. I think there's a lot more to it than what that what I've seen. Sure. But, but for God to say that he wants to create human beings in his image and likeness Mm -hmm. means that he has created us with profound value and meaning Mm. that we are to be reflections of his character. Mm -hmm. And I say in the book that we participate in divine revelation. People are supposed to find out what God is like By rubbing shoulders with us. Yeah. So, you know, we have the first task of human beings is to know the God who created them Mm. so that they could emulate his heart for the world, his character and compassion, his um, long suffering love. And, you know, just all we are. We are born with enormous responsibility, and yeah. that is our first task: yeah. to know our Creator and to and to cultivate His character.
0: Yeah,
2: and um, it means that we that we are agents in the world. You know, He He puts responsibility on the shoulders of human beings to look after to look after things on Mm -hmm. his behalf Mm -hmm. to steward the earth's resources to cultivate and develop and explore you know all the things that human beings have done over the centuries Mm -hmm. is is an inaugurated in genesis Mm one it's god's vision Mm -hmm. and um you know it's it's It means that you have, as a human being, ultimate value, that there's no human system, patriarchy, feminism, whatever you want to call it, that can exceed what we are given when we are created as God's image bearers, Mm -hmm. and and we just have reduced it to nothing. Mm um and it means that our reference point is our creator that that's how we know who we are that's how we know how we are to live that's mm-hmm. what we are to learn what to love and what to be worried about sure. you know yeah. and and it's sh- it's to be a, an all encompassing relationship and it's it's our lifeline yeah. You know, so it's not just that God's starting the story, and you know, is this about evolution or not, or <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, you know, it's not, it's not a debate text. It's a, de- <laughs> it's a, it's a starter,
0: yeah,
2: for all of us, and um, and it's and every human being has it, and it means that we identify who we are by looking at our creator, not looking at each other, not saying. And, you know, this guy's more manly than I am, mm-hmm. you know, or, you know, I just lost my job. So, you know, my manhood is tarnished, you know, it's not, it's, it's, yeah. and, it, and it gives us a significance that we can never measure because we don't know how God is using us. Mm-hmm. You know, we think we know, you know, if we hear something in feedback or you know, we, we work in an organization where we can see results of our actions, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. You know, we don't know how God is using us. And, and, you know, we, we don't acknowledge everybody who's cha- helped change our stories. So, yeah. um, so that's big. And um, now patriarchy gives us horizontal reference point Mm. you know your masculinity is defined in the in your ability to lead others Mm -hmm. to be in control of others to be in authority over others Mm -hmm. that's and so if you lose any of that you know it diminishes who you are but nothing can diminish somebody can be abusing another human being they can be you know the kinds of things that go on in war and in crimes and all that that does not diminish a person's true value it's an affront against almighty god because his image is being harmed so it's not you know it gives us a completely different way of looking at human beings. Everybody matters. And there, it's not a pecking order Mm -hmm. and you're not defined by your job description. You know, this is what defines you.
0: Yeah. It's funny when I was, I was thinking while you were just talking about when like I used to pastor a church and I left that position, then we did a church plant and we did that for like two years. Then we, we ended that. And I remember in that time of my life, really feeling like i failed as a man because i was told again going back to you know the man is the leader um you know you're you're doing things you're up front you're putting things together like this is the role of a man and i remember leaving that job and then leaving the church plant and just feeling so defeated because i said i just feel like i failed as a man and i felt like there was a part of my manhood that was taken away from me and then when i went back to school a lot of the focus was on helping me kind of refine my voice and kind of refine um, like who who I am as a man and to kind of bring that back out of me because it got it got squished or it got squashed or whatever but again the focus was on finding your voice that you could be that leader that you could be that vocal person that outgoing person and kind of get back into that role of leadership and i remember again, still feeling like, I just feel like I don't fit this. Like, I feel like it's just, just not who I'm supposed to be. And so coming into this podcast, doing this podcast has helped me find my voice, but in a much different way. And I feel like it's, I've really begun to discover from conversations with people like yourself and a lot of other people, just that I am good. And I am, I am beautifully and wonderfully made. And I am made in the image of God. And like you said before about rubbing shoulders with God so that when people rub shoulders with you, they, they get an idea of who the creator really is. And I feel like that's, that's my purpose and that's the purpose of all yeah. of us. Right. Yeah.
2: And every, and you know, every human life has profound meaning Yeah. that cannot yeah. be taken. Cannot, and even, you know, what you've been through, God uses everything. That's right. You know, and some of the wounds that we have and some of the failures that we Mm -hmm. experience are places where we grow the most. That's right. You know, and where God shapes us in new ways. That happens in the stories that that I've written about in Maelstrom. Yeah. You know, where there's one, I mean, one of my favorites is Judah. Mm. Because, you know. It's so amazing to me that people just skip over him. Mm. And you know, his story is like, what well, am I gonna preach this? You know, there's prostitution in this story. <laughs> you know, well, yeah, there's human trafficking and there's <laughs> you know a a, a a criminal cover up and all kinds of horrible things in the Bible. It's sort of, you know, hard hard to read to children sometimes you know where you skip the
0: old testament
2: (laughs) i know i know i was reading a book to my to my granddaughters and it was the story of abraham and all of a sudden there's this altar with his son on it it, you know all tied up
0: right
2: and she and my my granddaughter said what what is happening you know and i thought how do i tell her this story because they would be upset about the ram too. Right, you
0: know? <laughs> really, no good aspect for the story for kids.
1: <laughs> no.
2: Yeah, but it's you know Judah's story is 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 the turning point in the in Genesis. It mm. is it is the hinge that holds the book together, mm. and um, pastors don't know how to preach it they can't stand Tamar, you know, they, she's sort of this, she's a bad woman um, that there's a mistranslation in the text. Cause they Judas said to say, you know, she's, she's more righteous than I am, mm. but he's not saying that he's saying she's righteous. I'm mm. not. And the transformation that takes place in him is so utterly countercultural and radical when Mm. he's when he stands before joseph and doesn't even know he's joseph Mm. and he sacrifices himself for his youngest brother that his father is now playing favorites with Mm. it's you know and it is so gospel (laughs) you know his story and it's completely skipped, you know, in some sermon series and, or, you know, it's just, you know, let's get on with Joseph. That's the fun story. Yeah. And it's, but, but the change in him is so utterly radical. Mm. So utterly gospel.
0: Mm.
2: I mean, he's really sacrificing himself. Mm for his father's new favorite. And it's just, you know, I just think if you can read that without tears, you need to go see a doctor. <laughs> you <be> a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody. But you know, these are, these are men who hit walls, who go through terrible struggles, who find out that God's hand is in their stories and that, he has different ideas about who they are,
0: yeah,
2: you know, mm. and it's and it's and sometimes those struggles are the the rich places in that's our right. own the shaping parts of our stories. but yeah. you know, that's not what we hear. what we hear is you need to be successful, you need to prosper, whatever.
0: yeah <laughs> yeah, and i would I would encourage our listeners, I mean, like like Carolyn said, in the book, you go through these stories and you take them. One by one, and you retell them in such a a magical way, for lack of a better word, that really brings aspects of their story to life. And there's just a, so many aha moments. So, just for our listeners, this book is a a good investment um, of your of your time and of your money. Uh, but I want to ask you, Carolyn. And this might be a really stupid question, um, and you maybe be I may, might even be asking it the wrong way. So you can help me rephrase it if it's the wrong way to ask it. But I was thinking like, as I was reading the book, is there a difference at the end of the day between men and women and their purpose? Because obviously our anatomy is different, but we're both created in the image of God. We both have that mark of the divine upon us and within us. And the goal is for us to live from that space. And so Mm. at the end of the day, like, I was thinking like, why is there all this arguing (laughs) about what men should be doing, what women should be doing? if the bible itself says right there in black and white that we are made in the image of god like is there is there any kind of difference between us at the end of the day
2: well and when you read the when you read genesis 1 and again i'll say this is the vision Mm -hmm. that jesus came to restore you know it's it's there's no specific job description that, (laughs) that, you know, I mean, it's (laughs) wide open. Right. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, we, we want to know that we're, that we're doing life, right. You know, that's what we want. We want to know that our, that our, um, behavior is, is, um, appropriately male or female mm-hmm. <laughs> or that you know that in our marriages that we've got this figured out and um you know i grew up with that you know mm-hmm. i grew up with the not with the idea that i would follow my husband mm-hmm. and um and i married a man who had no intention of <laughs> <laughs> following <laughs> that rule, you know, he he really challenged me. To, he said to me, "You need to find out what your gifts are and what God wants you to do with your life." And I'm not the answer to that question.
0: Wow, yeah. And
2: yeah. you know, I didn't see that coming. But you know, we've done that for each other. I want him to answer God's calling on him, and yeah. I I want to do anything I can to facilitate that. Mm. But he does that for me. And, you know, I think we're all individuals and Mm. God has a calling on each of us. Each of our circumstances are different and that those circumstances can change in radical ways. You know, when, when we first got married, you know, he, he was in seminary and uh, working on a doctorate and he ended up, getting two doctorates because Mm. the first one wasn't going to get him the, the job he wanted. Mm. And I was the main breadwinner for all those years. And that was not the playbook, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it wasn't. And it was, but it was like, yes, but this is how God is calling us. And it was, it was, it was amazing. It was amazing for both of us. It was. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's, you want, you want others around you to fulfill their potential. And, you know, none of us can define that for somebody else. And I don't think they're, you know, I don't worry about that. You know, Mm. okay, you have a daughter, therefore she should be taught. XYZ, you know, your daughter could end up being a top surgeon, or you know, a a political leader, or you don't know. You just, you just want her to.
0: I think she's going to be a lawyer. There you go. Oh, good
2: for you. (laughs) But really, you know, you just think why should why should we say (laughs) narrow the vision? These are your these. And, you know, for me, I, you know, was raised to think that my calling as a woman was to be a wife and mother. I had 10 years of singleness after college, where I Mm. really struggled with all of that. And I thought, you know what, this game plan isn't something I can do, I have Mm. to get out there and, you know, take care of myself, (laughs) you know, (laughs) get a job. And, you know, it was... I I do think that we put, put constraints and we stifle development and flourishing yep. by saying, here are the rules for you as a man right. or here are the rules for you as a woman instead of saying, What is in front of you? Yeah. You know, like I said, what are you doing if you're in Ukraine? Yep. You know, are you saying, Well, I'm a woman and I I need somebody to take care of me. (laughs) It's like, no, we all need to take care of each other and do whatever we can do. And I think that's what being the image bearer is. It's like, what's in front of you? Everywhere you are is a front line for God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. And you're the only one there. You know, are you an encouragement to others? Do you see somebody who's struggling? Are you, are you? doing the best job that you can do with whatever occupation you have or whatever responsibilities you know the home is a front line studies are a front line you know the workplace is a front line Mm. everything for god's image bearer is a front line and everything matters Mm. and i think sometimes our our value system is totally skewed you know that the bible uses a child here and there to do something that that advances god's purposes sometimes mm. he uses an invalid or a widow or you know yeah. a slave or you know somebody who's on the bottom of the heap humanly mm. speaking but is god's point person look at ruth you know she was an undocumented immigrant mm-hmm who came into Israel and reinterpreted mosaic law. And, Mm. and she was right, Mm. but she had a different perspective because she was on the hungry side of the law.
1: Mm.
2: And, you know, and Boaz learned from her and he became a better man. One of the best, he gets a chapter in Maelstrom. He's one of my favorites. And, Mm. You know, these men are awesome, but they don't follow the macho rules. and um, they they embody a gospel Jesus brand of masculinity. That's right. So,
0: yeah, I was thinking about while you're talking, thinking about just my relationship with my wife and how it's evolved over time. You know, before we got married, we we married twelve years, yeah, twelve years in October and when we started dating like you know i was going to be a pastor and like that was the thing and she was in school to study youth ministry and you know she wanted to be the she was going to be the pastor's wife you know that was the the role you know that we both understood like the the she was going <laughs> to be my my helper she'd be my partner and like you know i was going to be the head of the household and all this different stuff and for a while like, that's the way that it was and then things evolved and we both you know rethought a lot of things and now we're in this place where I told you before we hit record that, you know, she started cosmetology school yesterday and because it's something she's always wanted to do. And, you know, we have a five-year-old who's in kindergarten and a year ago, I quit my job and she encouraged me to do my podcast and to do some social media things. And she said, that's your gift. just what you do. Like, go and do it and I'll support you any way I can. And now we've kind of turned the tables this year. And I said, you've always wanted to do this. And so you need to go and do it. And I'll take care of things as best as i can you know here and and juggle the things i gotta juggle and we're just gonna make it work like we're supporting each other's dreams and we're both image bearers you know of god and we're both gonna go into the world and do the thing we do and hope that that models something good for jordan our daughter so that she sees mommy and daddy pursuing their dreams and their goals and supporting each other and that's a good thing a good thing to do
2: yeah and i you know i think that's That's how God means for things to work, you know, in marriage, in the church, you know, that, that we need each other and that we should help each other, that we should be, instead of, you know, comparing ourselves to others and trying to, you know, be better than, than they are or something that we want them to be better and we want them to flourish. And, you know what? What kind of world would that be? Yeah. <laughs> you know, to say, you know, I this person needs to be encouraged. How can I encourage them?
0: Yeah. Well, Carolyn, I could talk to you all day. I feel like <laughs> I almost forgot we were recording. <laughs> we were really, <laughs> we were really into it. But uh, thank you so much for taking the time to join me. This has been a lot of fun.
2: Yeah. Well, and one of the things we didn't mention is why. This new version. Oh yeah. Why don't you give us
0: that uh <laughs> So give
2: me a P a PS or
0: <laughs> Yeah throw that into the mix. What's up yes, with this new book? Okay. Yeah.
2: So what happened was everybody was reading Jesus and John Wayne, which was um Chris uh Professor Kristen Dumais um research into masculinity in the American evangelical church. That book
0: caused a stir. <laughs> yeah.
2: And I was already up to my eyeballs in, um, concern about the abuse situation. And she was documenting the abuse that the clergy abuse that was happening yep. in the evangelical church. And um, I read her book, which it's, it's I'm sure you've had her on.
0: (laughs) I haven't yet. She's on the list.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, it it is really an important book Mm. and, you know, it's the truth. She's a truth teller and people don't want to hear the truth always, but we need to look at this because the evangelical church is, is, is experiencing an epidemic of clergy sexual abuse and Mm -hmm. other forms of abuse and we don't we don't put it all together unless somebody Mm -hmm. writes a book like this because our denominations are scattered our congregations are scattered so it just looks like one here and then one there but it's hundreds Mm -hmm. of abuse scandals And, um, and she's exposing that and Mm. making the case that we have a serious problem. And when you finish reading the book, you're asking, so where do we go? If the masculinity we're hearing about in the church isn't, isn't the Bible's message.
0: Now what? Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And so I contacted her and I said, I'd like to say, send you a copy of my book, <laughs> Maelstrom, because Maelstrom answers the question, what's next? Yeah. You know, what if, if, if it's not patriarchy, what is it? And how do how do we know it's not patriarchy? Because there's mm-hmm. patriarchy on every page of the Bible. Yeah. Um, and she wrote me back and said that she had hoped to write a chapter that would include include maelstrom and also nate Pyle's book man enough Mm. which is an excellent book um and but her editor didn't think it was appropriate for the the audience that they were reaching and so Mm. but she's but so then i thought well okay (laughs) i'm not giving up on this so (laughs) you know i asked her if she would write a new forward to the book Mm -hmm. and she did and it's it's amazing Mm. and i i wrote a new preface and a new um postscript Mm. to the book and everything else is the same but um anyway my publisher agreed to do that and that's what we have the the blue book Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) is is um how Jesus dismantles patriarchy and redefines manhood. But I, you know, Maelstrom presents patriarchy as an important hermeneutical tool Mm -hmm. that we can't understand the biblical narratives. If we ignore the patriarchal culture that stands behind those Mm -hmm. narratives. So, um, you know, as Westerners, we're going to make, a mess of how we interpret the bible if we just go from the united states or a western culture to the biblical text and mm. interpret from that angle
0: yeah so and i think i think it's so important that this book was revisited because like you said since 2015 when it was first released like so much has happened i mean we had you know donald trump in the office which unleashed a whole lot of things in the church and yeah. in the world. We had all these different scandals like Hillsong come up and all these other ones that are, are popping up here and there that are now in the media all the more because social media has exploded so much. So yeah. you hear so much now that you may not have heard five, 10, 15 years ago that are that are going on. And so I think a lot of people are asking, like, if this model is not working, What in the world are we supposed to do? And your book, like you said, answers that question of now what? Because a lot of people are asking, now what? What do we do? And I think your book really addresses that in a very helpful and important way.
2: Yeah, well, I think we're at a really strategic time for Christians in America. And, you know, all the things that are flying in our face um, make us ask questions, make us look again you know you talk about deconstructing but you know everybody is a learner that's right and we all have wrong convictions wrong assumptions wrong conclusions and you know we're gonna all find out we were wrong about some things and we need to correct course that's that's what we're called to
0: yeah yeah, so I was, I was reading uh, the story of Nicodemus the other day and just thinking about that whole call of Jesus to be born again. Like, here's this guy who thinks he knows everything. He's got all the answers about how life and everything is supposed to work. And Jesus is like, no, 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 you've got to be born again. And I think I think that's a call for all of us is to be born again in our thinking and our understanding and how we move and how we how we dwell in the world. And I think that, like we said, your book, just about recalling the image of God that we're made in is really what it. I mean, if you can recall that and be born again into that, I mean, so yeah. much. If we could all tap into that, so much could change.
2: Yeah, and yeah. we have Jesus as the perfect, the model. Imago day you know, and right. yeah, he, yeah, he he gets pushed aside.
1: Right. <laughs> bring <laughs> <So> him back.
0: <laughs> bring him back. Bring him back in. Come on, Jesus, take a seat at the table. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, Carolyn, thank you so much. Where can people go to find you online? Any website you want to point us to or any social My media? My website
2: is carolyncustisjames.com.
0: Easy. Yeah. Easy. Well, I'll put that in the show notes and uh, we'll do this again because I think we can talk about more things. Good. We'd awesome. Love to. Thank you, Carolyn. Thank
1: you. I've been busy searching for you, yeah. Trying to figure out if it's true, true. Don't think that I've been played by a fool, yeah this mind don't mind don't play by the rules i'm gonna make sure that i play my cards right intuition gave me signs that everything is all right Alright, contemplating on my moves, I'm in a fight, under pressure, feel the walls, are moving and it's getting tight, getting tight. the shuffle getting real. real, I hope it lives on something good, I'm all in for the kill, kill. sometimes kill. it's getting kind of scary, I'm here for the thrill, decisions on top of decisions like I chose a pill, the bottle getting kind of empty, temptations made its presence in the air, it's kind of tempting, shortcuts after question, but it got on my attention, I'm and I forget Got the debt I mentioned Looks like I won the game, made my decision I listen I've been busy searching for you, yeah Trying to figure out if it's true, true Don't think that I've been played by a fool, yeah Just mind don't mind, don't play by the rules, no it on the low Gotta let it flow Gotta let it go, yeah On to something new Tryna yeah. trying to play it cool quit with all the tools yeah, yeah. 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 maybe you're my calling like i'm on flight to wait manifesting everything i take it's not too late Running into my purpose like i'm rushing to the gate of course it's in my planning and it's also with my faith at the end of the day if we're going find a way it's a fact of the price that we pay Everything shine to the grave, nothing gon' break through the shade, nothing gon' break through the hate, everything all that we claim, hit the red dot that I aim, no missing, I'm focused, no slipping, I'm growing, no talking, just showing, no stopping, keep going, yeah, I'm just trying to break codes, ain't nobody I owe, this the life that I chose, and I'm blessed for it. I've been busy searching for you, yeah. Trying to figure out if it's true, true. Don't think that I've been played by a fool, yeah. Just mind don't mind, don't play by the rules, no. Kept it on the low. Gotta let it flow. Gotta let it go, yeah. On to something new. Trying to play it cool. Quit with all the tools.